Hello, and welcome back to the Multiverse Podcast. My name is Matthew. And my name is Peyton. And today we are joined by two lovely gentlemen, and they are... Uh, Nolan. Hello, how are you guys doing? And Zach. Nolan and Zach, unfortunately, go to IU in Bloomington. Uh, do you guys want to tell them what you do there, uh, what you're studying? Yeah, um, so I am currently majoring in broadcast journalism, and I'm minoring in music studies. Um, and I am majoring in microbiology and minoring in German. Nerd. Um, Matthew, you want to hit him with our questions? You got those on lock. Yeah, sure. So, um, Nolan, we'll start off with you. I'm going to ask you your favorite movie, your favorite TV show, your favorite game, and your favorite book. So. Okay, favorite movie is The Prestige by Christopher Nolan. Uh, favorite game, Dragon Quest Nine. Favorite book is... Uh, right now, it's the book I'm reading, which is The Municipalists. Um, I forget who the, art, who the author is. Um, what was the last one? Favorite TV show. Favorite TV show? Gotta be The Witcher from uh, Netflix. Very nice. You kind of look like you. him. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, the hair, you got the hair down. Yeah, just dye, dye your hair white. You got it. Silver. That'll be good. Yeah. Um, okay, so my favorite movie, uh, I can't pick one, but Inception is really good, and uh, Arrival is really good. If you can't tell, I like nonlinear timelines. Um, and then, what was the next one? Video game? Uh, yeah, video game, TV show, and book. Uh, my favorite video game is probably Skyrim. Just It's a classic and then my favorite book, I actually just finished it. It's The Martian. Um, really good book. I highly recommend it. It was worth every penny I spent on it. <laughs> $18. Um, <laughs> and and then my favorite TV show, I don't know. I really enjoy The Walking Dead. So, yeah. Have you recently like watched like season 10? I'm pretty sure it's on season 10. I have not. See, I'm a fake fan. I dropped off at like <laughs> season eight, but I still. That doesn't mean I can't like the first eight seasons. Yeah, I'm on. That I thought it got. Too. Yeah, I thought it got kind of old. I was tired of watching people I cared about die, so I just stopped watching it, yeah. so that I wouldn't start caring about more people. Yeah, but speaking of Robert Kirkman, Matthew. Yes. Speaking of Robert Kirkman, uh, today we're going to be talking about the Amazon Prime original show, Invincible, which is based off of the comic series uh, from Robert Kirkman, which started in 2003. I think the series actually started in 2003, but apparently Invincible showed up in 2002. Um, but we're just going to be covering the TV show that came out uh, this year on Amazon Prime, the animated show. So we'll just do a little brief synopsis. Uh, it's about it's about a boy named Mark Grayson, and he uh, his father is the greatest superhero on Earth, and his name is Omni Man. And one day, Mark discovers that he has powers that he's inherited, uh, similar powers to his father. And it's kind of about his um, his journey to figure out how to use these powers. And there's also some really big stuff that goes on, which we'll get into spoiler territory here in a minute. Uh, that they kind of have to do some investigating and and figuring out. So. 
Uh, from here on out, we're going to have a spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the show yet, we will be talking about major spoilers. Um, so, yeah, you've been warned. But before we get into, I guess, like the major stuff, I just want to hear what you guys thought of, of season one. Do you want to get that ball rolling? <laughs> I thought it was amazing. I personally thought it was amazing. You know, we haven't had a really good animated TV show in a while. Um, so for that to come out and kind of disrupt the waters in such a perfect way that it did, I just think it, it, I heavily enjoyed it. And it was a lot darker than I initially thought it was going to be. I think that goes for everybody almost. Um, but apparently it's been like completely in line with the comics, which is honestly crazy because that rarely happens anymore especially with like tv shows yeah i think um it, invincible really stands out um as uh its own like independent like superhero story especially with like all the gore um the violence that um it incorporates um i'm sure like there are like plenty of other like adult superhero tv shows like the boys um i think there was one on netflix called jupiter's legacy um, but really, it, it, I, I like to think that Invincible stands out um, um, out of all of those, and really um, tells a captivating story. And it, the the violence, like really, like um, it catches your eye. Yeah, I think the violence, especially, like stands out with this show because the art style isn't one that while you're watching it, that you don't even expect to see red coming out of people. It's just. Mm it kind of hits you like crazy, especially at the end of that first episode. That was what, that was what like sunk his teeth in me. I was like, holy crap. Like, wow. Cause yeah. the whole episode was so lighthearted. And then you get like, I don't know, like five seconds of credits. You're like, okay, wow, that was a cute TV show. I wonder where they go with it. And then it's just people getting like torn in half and like their heads oh, yeah. exploded. It's just insane. And yeah, that was and just like, the moment. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say that the entire episode, as you said, it's lighthearted, but it focuses on introducing every single character of the Guardians of the Globe, like making sure that you have the the greatest emotional connection that you can within one episode with all these characters, and then boom, just like that, they're all gone. Yeah, because the after credit scene is like at least 10 minutes long because mm -hmm. it shows mm -hmm. it goes through every single member and it's like here is them you don't really know who they are but here is someone they care about and here's them yeah. having a nice conversation with them yeah, like here's their family and, yep in four minutes you're gonna watch their chest they're you're gonna watch someone put their hand through their chest it's just like oh my god but yeah that was just the time in the show where i was like wow I am gonna I'm gonna watch this until they stop putting it on. And I think that's amazing when you can have a show grab you like that. I'm glad that you mentioned how lighthearted the episode was because the the most amount of blood that we saw the entire time was when one of the Mahler twins got shot in the eye and it was just like a little bit of blood on his hand. And I was like, Oh, this is pretty tame. I was like, I don't know why it's T V M A. Maybe, you know, there'll be some language down the line or more more suggestive themes and then we get to that ending scene and I was like, Oh, okay, so yeah, they really uh they were trying to hold back, you know, making everything seem all fine and dandy like it was a fun kid's show. But, no, I loved, I loved that contrast. And then from there on out, um, you know, they don't, they don't hold back. And, I, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But, uh, 
you know, that, that final scene in episode one is like child's play compared to the stuff that happens in the final episode. It was, it was crazy. Oh yeah. It really was. Who do you guys think, which guardian had like the most brutal death in your guys' opinion? Whenever I think of that scene, I always think of war woman just because her head gets turned 180 and you can tell that she's still alive. Oh yeah, she's just like, oh, yeah. like can you? I can't even mm-hmm. fathom the feeling that like your whole body's facing forward, but your head is locked behind you, and it's like you're still just like in that body. I don't know. That just stands out to me. I feel like a lot of the other ones were like he hits the fish guy with the with her mace. Like fish guy's dead right away. Not much thinking yeah. there, but she had to be. She stayed there. Well, I I would argue that um. I don't know what his name is, but he's the Flash knockoff. Oh, um, Red Rush. Oh, Red Rush. Red Rush. Yeah. It's when he's getting his head, his entire head, like, crushed by Omni-Man. But during that scene, he is, like, punching lightning speed at Omni-Man's chest. And, like, at one point, his eyeball pops out. But he is still conscious enough to be, like, continually punching. And it's just... It's like... I've never seen a character die with such desperation before. And like not even 10 minutes ago, he's talking to his girlfriend Mm -hmm. or his wife, whoever it is about how like everything is so slow for him. So like just a minute of conversation feels like, you know, hours or months to him. So him like just trying to be Omni man while getting his head crushed. I mean, I can't even imagine how long that part for like an entire eternity you know, just sitting there getting your head just crushed in, and you're, you're he's you know you can tell he's breaking his fingers and his and his hands just trying to punch him in the chest, and he's yeah I think that War Woman and Red Rush are probably the two of the most mm-hmm. I'm at the same opinion brutal. But yeah, I guess I forgot that like his hands are breaking as he's punching him because that scene yeah, is yeah. tough to watch because like it gets to a point where he's not even really punching him, he's just kind of like hitting him with his wrists, which yeah. is like oh my god. Right. <laughs> Yeah, tough stuff. But uh, Immortal, Yeah, I know in the uh, in episode one, he just gets his like head clean chopped off, right? Like karate mm-hmm. chop. But I, I would argue Immortal's death in uh, later down the line, that's also a pretty crazy death. Where he gets like yeah. basically mutilated. It's... Uh-huh. He gets like what? Like stabbed through the stomach and then... He's obviously immortal, so unless he gets his head chopped off, he's fine. Mm. And he comes flying back to hit Omni-Man, and he just slices him into, yeah. Because, like, he would yeah. he would still be alive after being sliced in half. He would, mm-hmm. he would have to, like, experience that for another, I don't know, couple of minutes or so. He'll be back, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we saw in the... The ending of the last episode. Mm-hmm. He'll they probably kind of have like be that back. Mo- montage that was kind of like teasing stuff to come for further seasons. Is he Abraham Lincoln? Um, is he is yeah. he? That was what they were saying. Is he Abraham Lincoln? That, I thought that was. I so thought funny. I, I thought like maybe I just dreamt that, <laughs> but <laughs> I clearly remember the image of it in in the show. A little side thing that they threw in. Yeah, I thought that was really fun just to show, you know, how he's immortal, how he's lived for so long, and he's done all these different things. So they show him, like, as a barbarian or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's an eternal. As a... Yeah, he, ooh, ooh. he is an eternal. <laughs> Peep the recent trailer. 
<laughs> I will not. You can't make me. I won't. I know you. Can, I can't make you do anything. Baby. I'm weird about it. And you don't watch trailers, so it's fine. I like it because a lot of the other Marvel projects I know at least a little bit about, even the new stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know literally nothing about the Eternals. I just can't. I wait know for the it. people that are in it. The Kit Harrington. Yeah, in it. I can't Zach wait for Kit has a crush on him. <laughs> yeah, but we don't need to get off topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So within within Teen Team. Let's go with this. I guess, uh, not even Team Team, just who's your favorite side character? Because all of the characters, aside from, like, Mark and Omni-Man, they get, they get explored. Everybody kind of has their own arc. Um, although, fair warning, if anybody does say Amber, I will come to your house um, <laughs> and yell at you. So, aside, who, who's your favorite just kind of side character? I, I was definitely going to say Eve, for sure. Just because, like, you know, she's really cool. She doesn't really make that many mistakes, and she knows exactly what she wants from people, and she knows, like, exactly, I don't know, how to traverse the being being a teenager and being a superhero at the same time, and, it, you know, it's difficult, and uh, I feel like, especially within her arc, the show really brings out some of the difficulties of, like, that teen superhero uh, kind of, like duo um that you don't see very often in superhero stuff i mean spider-man's a pretty good example of something that like shows both being a teenager and you know keeping your identity secret and you know having to deal with these really dark topics and these really dark themes and you're not even like fully matured into adulthood yet like you're still in the thick of high school so i think her arc really brings that out um, and plus she's just better than Amber, so. <laughs> I do want to say this for Eve, because, um, I, I agree with what, uh, Zach has been saying about her, but also she is a very, very shining example of, I would say, proper women empowerment, like, and, like, women rep- representation in media. Um, I, I can name off, like, a bunch of different, like, films or TV shows that, like, force uh women empowerment that like it kind of shows it in a negative light but with eve and how the writers like write their character uh it's it's natural and it 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 really shows um proper uh women empowerment however that being said she's not my she's not my favorite side character my favorite side character is damien darkblood very dark uh a, a nice mix of um uh, Hellboy and uh, Lucifer from uh, the the Lucifer TV show. I, I like his grunts in, in the show. Yeah, you can't go wrong with uh, Clancy Brown voicing anybody. It's that exactly. voice is iconic now. Just uh, you know, it's hard to it's hard to imagine him being anybody that's not gruff. And I remember that he also voiced Mr. Krabs. So that's yeah, what I always think cool. of. Not about that. Wow. Because he was in, like, um, uh, Shawshank and uh, Clone Wars and stuff like that. And he was Surtur and Ragnarok. But then it's like, no, he's also he's also Mr. Krabs. <laughs> yeah. So I just love that. I love watching him do these other roles. I think that he's pretty. he's got a pretty wide range for mm-hmm. stuff. You know who else has a wide range? J.K. Simmons. Yes. We will definitely get oh, to that okay, one. Okay. We got to have a whole section about the voice acting because it's phenomenal Absolutely. um i i really like the Mahler twins 
Just because I don't, I don't really know what their deal is, other than that they're like bad guys. I just, I found their kind of arc with Robot to be very, very interesting because I never knew what was happening. It, it's not that it wasn't kind of obvious, but I just had no clue because you obviously have no clue that Robot is even a person. Um, or at least I didn't even think that for a second. Um, but it was just really cool. I was going to say robot, but he makes me kind of uncomfortable. Like, yeah, he's also like, I don't know how old the human form of robot is, but he's attracted to a, a girl, so. It's all kinds yeah. of weird. There's too many variables. It's like yeah. he he is, I think he's like 30-something or maybe 20s. He says it. Um, he's like that old, but he's attracted to someone who is also technically that old. But, but it looks like they're younger. Like, yeah, like a little girl. And he did the same thing to himself by going into a, the teenager's body. So he is older than he seems, but he... I don't know. It's all kinds of weird. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. But, yeah. I like the Mahler twins. They're fun. Cool. So, my favorite side character is actually a robot. <laughs> Creep. Uh-oh. No, I'm just messing with Even... So, even before I had, I had read anything from the comics, I thought he was just super interesting and I felt like we knew the least about him, which made him really compelling to just kind of like figure out what he was doing. Um, and he's just super smart and he knows how to do stuff, which I really enjoyed watching. And it didn't feel like, like with Batman, he's super smart, but he's also super rich. But it's just like, you know, Robot is this little mushy human thing that's deformed. And he's so smart that he's been able to figure out how to build robots to, you know, help people. Even though he's, you know, stuck in this tube. And then he, you know, obviously all the stuff with Monster Girl. But he decides to be in a body. And then he still is able to be a genius while inside of the kid's body. And while um, still controlling the robots and stuff like that. And there's a lot of stuff that he does where you kind of question, you know, is he good? Is he bad? Even, you know, when he's on, on the teen team as a teen, you know, he's still kind of being being kind of weird, doing things that are a little bit questionable. Um, and I, I don't know, I just really liked him. I thought that he was also funny for a robot, you know, because at first I thought he really was a robot and didn't know that there was a dude controlling him. And I was like, oh, you know, that's... I like when the, the robots are funny because it always just kind of contradicts um, what you think with a robot. I also liked Rex mostly because I like the actor who voices him. I think he's super funny. I love him on all the like the NBC sitcoms. Uh, but and he, I just loved... His his sarcasm, and anytime that he would just drop the f bomb, it was was just in really <laughs> funny context. So he was also just a really fun character to kind of to kind of watch. And he's a jerk, but you still root for him. Yeah, Rex is an interesting character because I hate I didn't like him, but I liked that I didn't like him. It was weird because when mm-hmm. he was on screen, I wasn't mad that he was on screen. I was just like, you are such an ass. I but I didn't want him to leave. Talked. Do you know what I mean? It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those characters some... where you uh, just love to hate the person. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? I mean, they started off really early with him cheating on yeah. Eve with uh, with Duplicate. And so you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I hate him now. But then he does things and he's still trying to be a good person. Especially in the last episode we see you know, after they're saving everybody and he, he goes in and he, uh, you know, they all are exhausted on the floor. But he gets up and starts wiping off the blood from the wall. Um, and I feel like he kind of took a lot of good leadership within the teen team because you know obviously the rudy robot thing um 
got kind of weird towards the end and they didn't know and then black samson is just total jerk and like the couple episodes that he's in and he butts heads with um rex but i thought that he did kind of a good job of just ended up taking some leadership positions and being slightly more mature towards the end of the the first season very slightly (laughs) i look forward to learning more about him because matthew has spoiled that apparently he's a backstory all the characters mm-hmm. have a backstory. Yeah. Well, I didn't maybe know he had a, one, Matthew, until you told me. Maybe mm-hmm. he'll have like a redemption from being a jerk arc. Who knows? Well, Matthew, Matthew just got to wait for season two and season three. I know. I'm so happy that they renewed it for, for two more seasons. Um, I mean, they've talked about, they're like, yeah, we'll keep going up until we finish the comic series. I would totally be down for that. I, I'm more than happy to keep watching this for years to come. It is so entertaining. Oh, yeah. And for sure. Like, for for it not only to be renewed for one more season, but for two more seasons, that is extremely mm-hmm. significant because almost every show that you know of right now, when they get renewed, it's on like a season-to-season basis, and there is a lot of uncertainty in, in those renewals. Like, I know Netflix just announced that they canceled... Um, I, I can't even remember how many shows it was it was like 12 or something shows and they all canceled within the last month and there's some big names in there like altered carbons one of them that got canceled i know last year a series came out called daybreak uh and it was about like teenagers in a zombie apocalypse i thought it was great then it got canceled after one season um so for it to be renewed for two more seasons i think is it just shows just how like widely accepted it was and, uh, and how big of a fan base that it kind of mustered up just releasing kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. So like I had never heard of Invincible before Peyton told me that it was on Amazon prime and I should watch it. And now it's got like a huge following. Um, you know, there's all these different, different like followers or different accounts uh, and i just hear people talking about it casually see posts on you know all the different social media platforms um and you know like you said zach it's got to be something special it's been renewed for two seasons after eight episodes and they, you know they only usually renew it season to season so aside from the gore because i think that the the violence definitely helped make it special but what really just like makes this different from Say the boys, which is you know in a similar boat, uh, an adult TV show with violence and superheroes, or you know, just other shows that are similar. Like what? What do you think really just makes Invincible stand out? Um, Peyton, go ahead. I see you pointing. Yeah, excited. yeah. Sorry. The boys is probably my favorite show like ever. It it does such an amazing job of being intense and talking about very mature topics, but it doesn't it doesn't feel overwhelming. Um, which is fantastic. And I feel like Invincible does the same thing. Um, it's not quite as mature, at least in like the topics thus far. Um, but it talks about real things, but it doesn't overwhelm the person who's watching it. Cause there's a lot of things, there's a lot of media that is intense and you can't just like sit down and watch it. Like I've been watching the show called Banshee. It's, um, it's also got, Anthony Starr in it. He plays the main character, but it's really, really intense. And I can't even watch like more than one episode at a time just because it's so heavy. And I like it, but it's just, I, I kind of need to decompress afterwards. But the people who made both these shows did such an amazing job of making it 
um, it's not overbearing on the person who watches it. But I think Invincible is special because it has its lighthearted parts, I feel like, are more lighthearted than in The Boys. And it kind of taps into that childhood that we all have, but it twists a little bit. So it's still like goofy, funny cartoon, but it's just, okay, wow, that guy, that guy's dead. He got thrown through a wall and is dead or like a gun got, you know, put through his head. Um, it's just, it gives you a break every time. It's not just people dying. It's not just people having a conversation. It's, it's a great mix between the two. And it just, I love the look of it. It's very comic booky. I've heard a lot of people want um, like more animation in it because if you sit down and think about the animation, there's a lot of just like still frames that just move while the character talks. But I like that. It kind of it feels a lot different than other cartoons in that sense. Plus, it gives you time to focus on the voice actor because I'm like I'm sure we'll get to. Well, they are such an amazing part of the show. And if there was too much going on on the screen at any given time, it wouldn't let those people shine. But yeah, there's my very long-winded explanation as to why I love this show so much. Yeah, it definitely feels like you're just watching a comic book unfold in front of you. With the animation and then like, like the voices is such a big part of it. You know, like when you read, you got to imagine these voices for the characters. And it's just so, it's so perfect. But that, that was just my little, I wanted to, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the animation. Because seriously, it, it looks exactly like the comics. It's great. So, Zach, I yeah. see you want to go next. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say, uh, going back, yeah, to the, like watching a comic book basically just turn page by page in front of you on your TV screen. It felt, as I was watching it, I couldn't help but think about how I felt when I watched Into the Spider-Verse for the first time. Because that is like the perfect, that movie right there is the perfect example of literally a an animated comic book like it it shows those effects that you would see in the comic books and it does all that but it doesn't do it in a cheesy way it does it in a very nice blended way now i know that uh into the spider-verse there's a little bit more 3d aspect to it it's not completely 2d um but it in a like its essence it is the same type of style where it's it really just keeps it in that nice comic book feel that you know for a lot of us um for for people who have read comic books it kind of takes you back to when you know those like nights when you're sitting on your bed reading a new comic book that you just got um and for people who don't read comic books it it kind of gives you an insight as to what it would be like to read a comic book and it kind of it takes it, it disconnects from that mainstream like animation style. Yeah, going off of that like animation style, uh, um, how they animate the violence and gore in the show, it's. I, I could probably name off a, a bunch of like um, like animated TV shows that have like cheap um, that that don't really a animate uh, uh, their violence uh, to the caliber of like. You you feel you, you feel the violence like that that is being shown. It there, there's a sense of realism when when it comes to um, the violence that is shown uh, in Invincible. 
it's not just like random characters being killed off uh, and there but there are some cases in, in the show but there are people and characters that you care about that are being killed off and it just makes the violence just even more captivating to like to, to the point where like uh, you care and like you ask all these questions like oh why do you do that that, that that's terrible Yeah, I think a perfect word for the violence is like it's very visceral. And yeah. even when they kill off somebody who you've never seen before they're dying, it still is like, wow. Like when Omni-Man kills that pilot, it's just, that's a man that Mark just saved. That Omni-Man is, he's erasing that good deed. In front of and Mark, when he is, Yeah, and when he's holding on to that lady uh, and her daughters in the building in the last episode... You you know nothing about this woman except that she has a child and Mark is giving his all to save her. And then when she dies in the next scene, it's just like, I didn't even know you before, but it was just, wow. It kind of, they do a great job of hitting you. Like it, not exactly like it hits Mark, but it gives you a better window into how he feels. Yeah, I think that the show has... It really benefits from being able to make you care about characters you've never seen before and then just building a love for the reoccurring characters. The show just has heart. It does. I mean, you're watching... I mean, I've seen plenty of people compare. It's like if... Mark is literally... If Superman and Spider-Man had a kid. You know, you have this kid who's basically invincible. Haha, like Spider... Or like, like Superman. But then, you know, we, we see him deal with, you know, being a teenager like Spider-Man. And you get to see, you know... I feel like he's more Mark than he is invincible for a lot of it. And I, I liked seeing that. Um, and you get to, you know, really care about about him. And, you know, he just wants to do his best. And that's all he's ever said. Like, he wants to be like his dad. Oof. But, you know, he wants to do his best. He wants to be a hero. He wants to save people. Um, he obviously loves his friends and he loves his family. And, you know, so when, when stuff, bad stuff happens to them, and, you know, especially in that that last episode when, when Omni-Man tells Mark that his mom is nothing more than a pet to him, like you feel that with Mark, like you feel just how absolutely like like heart wrenching that is for him. Um, so I just loved the amount of heart that was just in the show. It really felt like a, a personal story. Um, I wanted to take a second also to talk about the fight scenes in the show, um, because I, I can't remember who it was. It was somebody I was talking to, and they mentioned that. The fight scenes in Invincible are longer and heavily more detailed than the fight scenes in pretty much like anything else that I've seen. I mean, you take a look at Marvel movies, and there are some exceptions, you know, but for the most part, when there's a fight scene, it's like, oh, they kind of throw hands at each other, they do a couple cool moves, and the fight scene lasts like maybe two, three minutes, and then it's like over, right? But in Invincible, some of these fight scenes are like 10 minutes long and it's amazingly animated and you can see, you can like see every single thing that happens during these fight scenes. Another thing is that the camera angles during these fight scenes are always really wide. So you get to focus on what both characters are doing most of the time versus the show kind of making you focus on one character, you know, what is Omni-Man doing right here? Or, you know, what are the twins doing in this moment? And instead you get to see what is everybody doing? How is each person reacting to everything else that's happening? 
and then you also get that for like 10 minutes straight at a time. I think that it also benefits from having the white shots because it really shows what's happening to the world. You know, we see other superhero. I mean, obviously, Marvel and DC is super tame compared to what Amazon's putting out with, like, the boys and Invincible. And I think Invincible really just shows the casualties. It really makes you feel fragile as a human watching it. Like, oh, my gosh, that last episode is it was hard to watch that first time. I did not see it coming. Uh, And then even the second time was pretty difficult to watch. But just seeing Market thrown like halfway across the world or whatever it was into a building that's falling. And, you know, as he's getting punched and he's flying through the air and into the ground, he's killing so many people and he can't do anything to stop it. He's he's just in the ground rolling around. Uh, And he's trying to save people from the building and his falls. And then Omni-Man, you know, grabs him and puts him in front of a train and he can't do anything about it. And it's, you know, it really just shows how much destruction and death would be caused if there were people like this. Um, and I know we've talked about, like, the boys does a really good job of showing this, but even, I think this is the one really just made me feel, like, fragile as a human. Like, wow, if people like this actually existed, and anything happened on this scale, we would all be goners. Like, we would, <laughs> I can't believe people even survived that attack at the end of it. It's just, it's so brutal, and seeing what happens to the world just makes it feel more personal and more, I mean, as realistic as you can get for an animated show about people with superpowers. Yeah, that scene where he throws him through the building, and Mark has to, like, stop himself in the street. And then when he finally gets himself stopped and he just sees like the path that he made and all of the people that died while he was literally just trying to stop himself is just, I can't imagine like how he felt right then. It's just, I, technically it's my fault that that happened, but there's nothing he could have done about it, which is tough. And then obviously you see like the part of him that wants to help that wants to undo what he did because then he he immediately goes to the building and tries to help but yeah i agree with what you said that the humans feel very fragile even even mark who is i wish that this was like a video because then we would have put up the title card he's invincible or whatever but even he feels fragile and vulnerable especially in that last episode so like i couldn't take one punch from omni man and you know, Mark can barely take as many as he did. Yeah, I'd even argue that he couldn't take as many as he did. Omni Man could just grab a, a dude's face, clench his fist, and his head explodes. Like Which that's that's I mean, the difference in fragility between them, and it's so crazy and so exaggerated. Well, when he's uh, he's killing all of the agents in the kitchen, and he shoves the guy, and he gets like split in half. Yeah. Like, just a little shove from him. I was like, oh my god, like, you know, that's that's crazy. Or try holding your son's face against an incoming train and just just crashing into that. And, like, it, all the blood and, like, uh, guts just, like, just exploding in front of his face. It's just so, that, so bad. That reminded me of episode one of The Boys when the girl explodes because she got ran through. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is exactly what would happen in that situation with the train is that those people literally explode and their guts just disintegrate into a red mist. Yeah, I think the boys and the boys handles it a little differently. I feel like when you see, like, people explode and stuff, it's kind of like, I don't want to say it because it's kind of funny. Just because the the way that, especially the people who do it, they handle it. It's like, 
you know, Homelander doesn't give a shit when he kills somebody. It's just like, okay, there's another person. It's whatever. He kind of laughs it off a lot. And obviously, um, A-Train doesn't, he barely stops when he runs through uh, his girlfriend. But it's just... Robin. Yes. Sorry, there's too many names. I've watched too many things. They just need to... They're totally fine. They need to pump out a season right after I'm finished watching the last one. Um, but yeah, they handle it a lot differently. It doesn't feel as like... I like. I kind of wanted to cry during the finale of um, Invincible. It was just like, oh my god. Ugh. It was intense. That scene where he's uh, um, where um, Omni Man and um, Mark are like on the mountain, and um, just uh, Omni Man is just like looking at, at at his bloody hands, just like thinking like, oh, what what the hell did I just do? But then he comes to his senses and be like, mm-hmm. all right, well, th- this is actually your fault, Mark, because you, you're you're defying me and like what w- what I want to do for you and like what I want for uh, Earth. Um, like this is your fault. Uh, like what are you what are you gonna do? Uh, when all this is gone, like what what will you have? Then Mark says, "You, Dad, I'll still have you." And that just waterworks. It, it, it hits. It 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 hit my soul like the most. It, it's dude. Just hear, took hearing me those straight words. to Splash Island, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was unfathomable. <laughs> I think my favorite line from the entire show is during that part when he says, why are you making me do this? That part was just like, oh, my God. Because, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but it also, I mean, Omni-Man, he was manipulated. I mean, he was, his whole life he was raised to believe it this certain way. Exactly. And he's like, Mark is challenging that. And he's just like, it's not his fault that he's doing this, according to him. It's just, why are you opposing me, Mark? Why are yeah. you making and, me think about all the things I'm doing? And I think that, like, we were seeing the beginning of, at least I hope that there will be a much bigger arc where it's, you know, humanity versus, like, Viltrumanity, I guess. Um, where it's like, you have two completely different races and cultures that are essentially fundamentally like opposites where you know you have the humanity aspect of mark who he you know makes connections makes real connections with people even if he knows that they're fragile and that he will outlift them he still makes those meaningful connections while you know omni-man his whole ideology is to to basically colonize and to basically expand his own species empire and so i hope that we i mean i'm sure we will see a lot more of that clashing um i'm just excited to see like how they do it yeah and when going back just a little bit when they're when he's you know why are you making me do this uh and that whole scene you can tell that he's like heartbroken like he I, I genuinely feel like I could, you know, hear in the voice and see with the animation that he doesn't want to be beating the snot out of Mark like this. Like, you know, he thinks he's doing what's right. And, and like you said, he realizes that he's been manipulated too. And he really does not just want to be here and beating up Mark. You know, he wants to be together with him. And it just, it carries so much weight. Um, you know, I really don't think the show would be what it is without the voice actors. I want to hit this really quick. Uh, they're phenomenal. It's an amazing I mean, cast in, in general. 
Yeah, no, the cast is so good. Like, I was shocked. I was looking on IMDb after the first episode. I was like, oh, yo, what? Hold on. This person is the voice actor for him and blah, blah, blah. And I was just, it was so cool. Even like, you know. Robert Kirkman pulling out his uh, Stephen Ewan card <laughs> yet again. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, by the way, I'm not sure. Um, there were a lot of uh, actors and actresses from The Walking Dead show that like came on to uh-huh. uh, Invincible. Mm-hmm. And I think that they said favorite. that like all of jab that in there. <laughs> wasn't all of the Guardians of the Globe voiced by people from The Walking mm-hmm. Dead? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the actress. I'm pretty sure that that's what that thing. The was actress like. for Maggie um, voiced War Woman. Um, <laughs> yeah. I forget the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember her for sure. I mean, I never watched it, but Lauren Cohen, I think her name is. She's been in a couple yeah, of shows she, I watched. I thought um, I liked her, but... Oh, goodness. Who does she War play Woman. in The Walking Dead? Uh, no one just said Maggie. Maggie. Was that correct? Oh, okay. Yeah, she plays Maggie. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I Amazon has that x-ray feature where if you pause, it tells you who's on screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and, my like, favorite. Their voice actors. I literally, I, I'll pause like a hundred times during these episodes. I'm just like, oh, that's a voice I recognize. Mm-hmm. And then I got to look him up. It's like, I don't know. Uh, Black Samson, he's cyborg, right? I'm not making that up. He voices. He certainly, sa- he certainly was, sounds like the, the person who voices cyborg in The Injustice. I'm very games. sure yeah. that he is someone who voices, unless he's a different character and I'm just like completely whiffing it. But I, I was pretty sure that that voice actor also did cyborg. The vo- um, um, that that I gotta look this up Black now. Samson was also is the same dude that played um, King Solomon in uh, The Walking Dead. Okay, dude, it is. Good. It's uh, Cyborg. God, I didn't make a fool out of myself. We Titans like King go. Solomon. Yeah. Um, and then the Mahler twins are the guy who voiced them. Also voiced um, the shark from Lilo and Stitch. I can't think of his name. If Cameron was here, he'd know it because he corrected me on it. Like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I was just thinking about that. Well, he also was Sheriff Blubbs in Gravity Falls, which yeah. is where my mind immediately went to. Uh, oh my gosh. What's the, the man? Is it Gantu or? It's something. It's, it's really. Something cl- like that. that might actually be it. If not, it's like so close. But yeah, that's like my favorite animated movie of all time. So love him being there. Yeah, it's Gantu. Yeah. yeah, I love that movie so much. And then, obviously, J.K. Simmons. Oh, God bless that uh, man. The I man. Know it's become a me- everything that he said has become a meme. Which, you know, it's it's fun, but oh my gosh, his performance in the show is just incredible. Every Everything. You can hear every time that, like, Omni-Man is supposed to be feeling an emotion or being conflicted and then, you know, just trying to defend himself. It, I, I was just blown away by his voice acting. I know he's done voice acting before and, you know, I've always enjoyed it, but it was just, it was something else in this in this series. Man's I really was like J.K. Simmons. He was um, um, the uh, what's what's the dude's name in, in Whiplash? Yeah, I was about to mention Whiplash. Uh, yeah, where um, he he's the it's literally right there. What's it? Uh, it starts with an S. Is this, Give me a hint. Is Give me Samson? a hint. No, it's not. It does not start with an S. His last name doesn't start with the an first S. First name's. It starts with a T, and his last name starts with an F. Oh, my God. It's uh, Thomas Thomas Fletcher? (laughs) Fletcher is the last name. It is Fletcher. It's Terrence. Terrence Fletcher. Fletcher. My S was because it's like the Shaver School of Music. That's where he teaches. That's where I got it. Oh, yeah. Because that's my last name. Spelled wrong, though. It's you. 
No, I'm not that musically talented. <laughs> what else? What other animated series did J.K. Simmons voice? Because I know he's done like a lot more iconic. He was things in that the Legend of Korra. That's right. He is in the Legend right? of Korra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's. I never watched he's that, one of but he is somebody. Aang's in it. sons, I think. Is that right? I didn't watch it. Possibly. Couldn't tell you. I just know he's in it. He also uh, he voices I mean, the yellow Eminem. That's right. Yeah. Which was probably one of his best performances. I did not know that. <laughs> Forget Invincible. Yeah. Yellow Eminem. Yellow Eminem. His greatest performance. <laughs> He's also in all like the insurance commercials. Yeah. Uh, he makes cameos all the times mm. and, and shows and movies and stuff like that. And then, He's you know, in a new upcoming like, movie stuff in uh, with Chris Pratt called The Tomorrow War. I just saw, I just yeah. saw a trailer for it today and I actually it looks might good. watch it when it comes out. I oh, and he was uh, he was Ford Pines in Gravity Falls. Oh yes, he was. I always great forget show. About that. Fantastic really show. Um, who else? All right, it's just so, there's too many people. Everybody has done something, and anyone who has done anything yeah. voices a character in the show. It's it's insane. Well, even like you know. Eve, uh, she was in Community. The guy who plays Rex was in everything NBC does. <laughs> oh, um, um, and <laughs> I don't know if you guys know Walton Goggins. He voices, uh, he's the voice for Cecil. Oh, and yeah, he was in Ant-Man and the he Wasp, was in, right? Yeah, he was in Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, the Tomb Raider movie that came out recent, well, kind of recently. Um, and he's also in The Hateful Eight. Even just like one-off yeah, characters like have voice actors you recognize. Like Justin Roiland, mm-hmm. he voices a frat guy who gets killed like right at the start of the episode. He mm-hmm. doesn't say anything else. Once the title sequence shows, he's just not in the episode anymore. Well, the character is, but he doesn't talk. And then, Ezra Miller was um, DA. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sinclair. And then they had Seth Rogen play Alan, which mm-hmm. was interesting. They brought, <laughs> they brought him so back. Much. That's right. But he actually does a great job. It doesn't... He doesn't sound exactly like Seth Rogen, but it's you could tell it's him, and I, I like, like it. Alan. I thought it, it definitely helps that like he talks to to Mark in his brain, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like warbled, so you don't really hear him talking. I loved Alan. I kind of forgot about him. Yeah. We were doing our favorite side characters. He was fun. He's fun. I don't think he, he like showed up like enough to be the entire series a favorite yet, but maybe yeah. he'll be in it more. We'll see. Yeah, I hope so. That'd it awesome. sounded like they were kind of setting him up to be in a little bit more. But, uh, they set up a lot about, of stuff. Yeah. They set up. Oh, yeah. oh they set up. my goodness! <laughs> well, let's talk about that. What do you guys think? I mean, we saw the last minute of the the last episode really kind of sets up the next two seasons, if not just the next one. Because there's, I, I think I sent the picture to you and Cameron Payton, and it was like, uh, this is how far into Invincible the series is. Mm-hmm. It's like there's there were four volumes. And in the first volume, they were maybe a fifth of the way through. Yeah. There is so oh, much yeah. to cover. So what do you guys think is they're going to do next season? I mean, kind of we can hit some of the stuff that they did and with, with the, the end credits, but what else? They're going to have Mark finish high school. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. going to be done. Maybe he'll go back to that university that he fought all those death robots. Mm. Cyborgs. The Rihanna men. I think cool. that'll be a big part of it. I think that... Um, it should be interesting because the whole time you kind of think Cecil's like a big DB. And then um, in the last episode, you're like, wow, he 
he was kind of doing everything for a reason. He was kind of BMG the whole time, yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. if he didn't let Mark become like a better superhero, and if he didn't set up all these things, then when he found out that Omni-Man killed him, then when he, you know, jumped him, it, it wouldn't have gone the same way at all. He would have just tore through everything. It would have been the end of uh, Earth right then. So you kind of, you don't like him when he does the Dark Blood thing. Um, I know I really didn't because I like Dark Blood. Mm-hmm. But he kind of gets some redemption. But then during the part where um, they show you what's coming up, you see that he's working with DA again with the Reanimen. Obviously, Mark's not going to be a big fan of that. So that should be an interesting conflict. That's something I'm looking forward to. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cecil's got a lot up his sleeve at this point. He does. He's Well, he's basically... I didn't even realize this until now. He's basically the Nick Fury. Like, that's kind of who he represents. He doesn't have any powers himself. He can't... He probably wouldn't be able to... In hand-to-hand combat, he wouldn't be able to defend himself for his life. But... He is such a smart guy, and he knows exactly how to play every card that he's been dealt in a way that can benefit him and ultimately humanity. And I just think that, like, I I hope that they play more into that, into his, like, just absolute genius factor. Because um, they already did, but I can't wait to see, like, what's up, what's coming next. Yeah, plus it shows, like, doing what's best isn't always the right thing or Mm -hmm. the thing that seems like it's the best because obviously turning fallen soldiers into robots robot zombies it seems really bad and it honestly is but i mean three of them gave omni-man the work so if i'm cecil and i'm watching that i you kind of got to make a bunch of them just in case he comes back which is obviously tough that 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 couldn't have been an easy decision for him to make but he always seems to be making a good decision based mm-hmm. on what he is trying to accomplish. Do you guys remember in episode four when um, when Mark uh, goes on that mission to Mars and uh, they, they mm-hmm. meet the Martians and like the the Martians are talking about these like the 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 sequids, uh, like mm-hmm. these like little miniature squids that like um, have the power to like take over civilizations. What do you think? Like, what's the setup with that? Like, what are they going to do with that? What do you guys think? I don't know. I'm really excited. Yeah. That's all uh, I got to say. I'm super I excited. I saw that at the end of the credits, and I was like, oh, that's what's up. Because they're, you know, the guy came back to Earth with the, the squid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we saw at the end of that episode the the control that they were already having on Mars. So I think it's going to be really cool to see what they do with that. But that's all I'm going to say, because I, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want Peyton to come over here and, like, just... <laughs> He'll destroy you. Me, so. Well, they, they could either... And I hope they don't do this, but they could either kind of just one-off that whole arc with, like, one other episode where it's, like, basically the whole episode focuses on just um, Mark and the teen team kind of fighting the squid dude that came back. Or they could make it become a much bigger thing, which Matthew gave me a little smirk there, so... You said squid dude, and I all I could think of was Squidward. Oh. <laughs> Just calling him Squidward. That was what the smirk was okay. for. <laughs> but yeah, I hope, no, I, I hope it's a lot bigger. No, I would I would love to see it span across the entire because I mean it's not the same, but it almost made me think of like when you were talking about the, like Secret Wars and Secret Invasion. Um something similar, so you know, even if we don't see it 
full throttle every single episode. Maybe it can be, you know, spinning across the entire season, and that's just one of the, the big things that Mark has to do. And with. also, another arc that they kind of set up to be bigger is um, the Rocky guy. I don't know his name for the life of me. Doc Seismic? Yeah, Titan. He... Oh. Oh, Which sorry. One? <laughs> the no, rock guy Doc's... or the guy with rock people? <laughs> the, the guy who turns himself into concrete. And he, yeah. took, oh, yeah. over, Titan. he took over yes. the penthouse. That's that guy concrete, is voiced baby. by... <laughs> That's that guy, he, he, he's voiced by Mahershala Ali, who is also going to yeah. be playing uh, Blade uh, in, the, in the MCU. Mm, okay. But I hope that that arc hey, is Hey, but cool. also Doc well. Seismic, too. I know, what uh... Say, Zach? Go ahead, Zach. Oh, I just said I hope I hope that they do a lot more with that arc as well. Because I actually really like... Gotcha. I really mm-hmm. like Concrete Man. Mm-hmm. Concrete Man. Concrete Man. That's Concrete Man. <laughs> <laughs> that episode hey, where Mark helps out Titan um, um, against... A, What's his name? Machine Head? Yeah, <laughs> Machine, Machine Head. Yeah, I do not like Machine with the Head. The auto tune. Mans was, <laughs> Mans was making and then a he diss like, track. He like straight up. I mean, when he plugged that chip into his head, and he was mm-hmm. just like, oh, he's kind of like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I I thought that that it was, was a very weird villain that they threw in there, and I'm glad that he is gone. Maybe no, hopefully. I liked him. one off, yeah. But auto tune was too funny. He was just like, very he was pretty good. Threat- so... It was pretty threatening, but then like you hear him like pitching up and down. It was good. I liked it. Because I didn't even notice it. Like the first couple times he was talking, I was like, "There's something weird about his voice," but I couldn't like place it. And then I, I don't remember what it was, and I was like, "Oh my god, his voice is auto tuned." Yeah. Um, and then Battle Beast, they showed him at the Ooh. end. That dude's the, scary. The I don't want to see any more of him. Uh, he's freaky. He was about I love to kill him, Mark. He, he I love him. Mark. They need to like. They need to turn him on the Viltrumites. He's like our only yeah. hope. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, but he. We have to assume that he comes from like a planet full of people just like him, right? Mm-hmm. So there's probably a lot more of a lot more battle beasts. Right. Yeah, that dude's scary. Oh, I, he's sure. got to be kind of important because I went on the the Invincible merch site and he's got a T-shirt, so does he I'm really? sure That's we'll cool. see more of him. That's high. He does. Got to buy that merch now. Shirt. Well, he turned Monster <laughs> Girl into Monster Mash, so <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Not, were you? Have you been saving that one up? Uh, maybe. <laughs> he was sitting on that one. <laughs> Uh, and then we mentioned Doc Seismic. I'm excited to see Doc Seismic back yeah. too. I really oh my God. He was super his funny. comment about um Wow, I can't believe they put you in like a pink costume, you know, to talk Eve. about pandering to gender roles. <laughs> and then Eve I was love like, how they I made him this myself. I love I yeah. love how the the writers made him like the like the woke progre- progressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just very funny. I kept seeing a bunch of um a bunch of reviews uh, for the third episode, like saying, "Like, oh, uh, I'm not watching this uh, episode or this show anymore because it, it's it's too uh, too too woke. We need to get rid of that. Like, the dude's a, the villain. Why are you <laughs> like he's the villain? <laughs> and plus, he his he, he and Eve, they're both yes, they're both progressive, 
But it, they're two very different types of progressivism, and Eve, Eve's is what's more in line with what we're kind of seeing today, I guess. And Doc Seismic's is more or less kind of what we saw like back in 2016 with like all the BuzzFeed stuff. But um, don't but she Amber was kind of like she shot it down. So I don't I don't see how people would I don't know continue to see the the wokeness i guess right. quote unquote but but i did think that it was a really funny comment and it also even though it was a nice little joke i felt like it built eve's character quite a bit mm-hmm. absolutely and just showed that you know she ha- she does have control over who she wants to be and she is actively trying to uh basically build that for herself and it's also why she became a hippie and moved to the woods Good on her. Hey, don't forget who else is coming back next season. Amber. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I I hope that Mark, you know, breaks goes, up with Amber. Goes for, goes for Eve. Yeah. I got so excited. I thought they were done, and then she came back at the end of the last episode. And I was like, Dang, how could she get so mad at him? Especially, and I mean, she, she said she knew that Mark was a superhero, exactly. and still, the, still got well, mad at him. But for the at, when they were at the university, and Mark literally saved her life like multiple times, and she mm-hmm. just got mad at him. Oh my god, I can't believe that you just ran away and didn't help us at all. And it's like, are you kidding me? You're kidding me, right? Please. Yeah, when she kissed him in the last episode, I was pissed. I wanted her. I wanted him to like lightly shove her towards the countertop, like Omni Man did to that poor soldier. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, um, not a big fan. There was a there was one thing, and it wasn't a part of the end credits. It was something that one of the the creators of the show said, and it's I'm not going to say anything about it, so you guys don't know what to look up, but. There's a character that they already said is confirmed to be coming up in the next two seasons who was like my favorite, one of my favorite side characters for the entire series and is like super important for big events. So I'm really glad that they have been like, hey, this character is coming at some point in some capacity. Um, And it's directly tied to the events of of season (laughs) one. So I think it might be Alan. I think it might be Alan. I don't know. Other than Alan. Other than Alan. Because he's just a really cool guy. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, he's pretty chill. Seth Rogen was like the perfect voice for him. Somehow. Some somehow, who knew? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Rogen in a uh, existing in a uh, like Superman style universe. I like how he doesn't talk. Him and Mark yeah. don't talk. Well, I guess we don't know that he's only been in space. So that's probably why they're not talking. Yeah. But, yeah, pretty cool. All right. So we're, as we're wrapping up here, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about or just last-minute mentions about the show? I haven't a thing. I don't know. If by some magic event happening that uh, Robert Kirkman himself comes in and listens to this, I guess uh, keep it up, Rob. Let's go, Rob. Robbie K. Robbie. <laughs> Robbie. Making us all Come happy. on the podcast, Rob. I don't know. This is definitely something that he needed because I feel like The Walking Dead has fallen off so greatly. And even me being 
a longtime fan of The Walking Dead, like literally watching it with my family every every Sunday at 9 p.m. when the new episode came out, and then like just seeing so many people fall off of the the series around you know season eight, nine, ten. Uh, it's Robert Kirkman needed something big, and boy did he get it. Absolutely. All right, so that's it for our Invincible episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Before you leave, do you want to give any shout-outs? Shout-out to Cameron for not being here. <laughs> that's a low blow. <laughs> he that won't was... even listen. He won't know you ever said that. <laughs> he won't get this far in the episode. That's all right. Yeah. Shout-out. I'm sure Logan will edit and be like, oh, Cameron. <laughs> Logan's not a snitch. No. Shout-out to J.K. Simmons for being a great man. Oh, yeah. Facts. And, and Steven sh- Yun. Shout out to George Clooney. He has nothing to do with this episode, but he's a cool guy. I agree. Very awesome. All right. I think it's going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we're going to have the summer series, like we've talked about before, much more inconsistent with our posting, but we're going to have episodes every once in a while. So just make sure to stay updated on our Instagram at multiverse underscore underscore media. And we'll be posting about when we're going to be having our new episodes. So. We have a list of things that we kind of want to hopefully get through. Um, But for now, I've been Matthew. I have been Peyton. I've been Nolan. And I'm Zach. All right. We will talk to you guys later. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye. 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 See ya. I almost like, I almost didn't.